You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers survive against an undermanned Illinois Fighting Illini team 71-68 to in a game that you know, Indiana fell behind early. They were down at the half. They fell behind by nine at one point in the second half and really, to me, just had the look of a team that was you know, physically and mentally tired. But to their credit... They battled back, made the plays that they needed to make late. Fortunately, you know, Illinois misses that final shot there, that final three-pointer, and the Hoosiers escape with an exhale of a victory. The win moves Indiana to 19-8 and on the season, 10-6 and in conference play, and definitely keeps Indiana in a good position to get one of the bit double buys in the Big Ten tournament here as we head down the stretch. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Tony Adranya, and we are going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And, you know, the banner moment for me goes to Jalen Hood-Shafino. And it was actually a series of moments after one of his worst moments of the game. You know, it's 65-65. Indiana's got the ball going down. It's like, okay, here we go. Let's, you know, get a go-ahead bucket. And before Indiana could even get into a set, Jalen throws a terrible pass that Coleman Hawkins steals and goes in for the dunk, and it puts Illinois up 67-65. to 65. But my favorite thing about Jalen Huchifino is how he can struggle and make a bad play, even make a series of bad plays, but it doesn't get him down, and he just keeps coming. And that's what he did after that. Uh, on the very next possession, he gets it right back, you know, makes a jump shot. at 67-67, Miller Cop gets that steal. IU takes a timeout. Uh, you know, Indiana runs that little horn set at the top. Jalen goes off the screen. He rises for his jumper and gets fouled, makes both free throws at 69-67. And then what I thought was honestly the best play, and it got called for the foul, was the defense that he played on Epps at 69-67. It was just terrific defense to, you know, not foul initially. Epps gets a half step on him. He turns and sprints, contests the shot without fouling, even though the foul was called. You know, so that's going to go in the books as a foul. I thought it was a great play by Jalen. And then, you know, on that final play, Indiana gets the ball into Trey. He gets it to Jalen. And once again, Jalen doesn't panic. You know, they've got a trap. He's probably got that clock going off in his head. Like, we can't get a 10-second call. And he ends up throwing that beautiful pass ahead to whoever it was, Cop or somebody, who then got it ahead to Trace for the dunk. But winning plays down the stretch by Jalen Huchifino after making a bad one. And I know Jalen took a lot of criticism in the first half, and rightfully so. The whole team played poorly in the first half. Jalen couldn't make shots, was making bad decisions. And, you know, this wasn't some great day for him. He was 5 of 17 from the field with five turnovers. But when plays needed to be made to win, whether it was tough rebounds in the second half or all those plays I just listed at the end, Jalen made them. And that's a freshman doing that. There's a lot of pressure on him with the way that Indiana is playing and everything so centered on Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Huchfino. And when he needed to come up today and make big plays, he did. I was just so impressed with what he did at the end of the game. Uh, and that is our banner moment. Because having a guy like that who can help bail you out when you really didn't play well for about 32 minutes in the game, that's the kind of stuff that can help you escape with tournament wins. So that's just, just some tremendous plays down the stretch by Jalen Huchfino. All right, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Home field apparel, where I'm for the team. 
Yep, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel. They are now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And as you know, you know, the thing that Home Field does is they go back into the archives of so many different colleges and universities and they, you know, pull out old logos, old brand marks that haven't been used. They breathe new life into them. And you get these really incredible, unique conversation starting, you know, articles of clothing that are it's they're comfortable. They're for all seasons because you got T-shirts and crew necks and hoodies and now there's hats and quarter zips. They've got something for everybody, something for all seasons. And it's high quality stuff. You know, the colors don't run. And shoot, you know, I was, you know, over at my neighbor's house yesterday. We've got a Missouri fan and an LSU fan across the street from them. I was wearing my new uh, script Indiana uh, crew neck conversation starts up where'd you get that i'm on the website at home field showing them all the cool lsu and missouri stuff they have that's what's cool about home field apparel plus they're just a cool brand you know they they're from indiana they support hoosiers uh you know with all the jobs that they uh, have created in indianapolis so we love supporting them we appreciate their support and we highly recommend that you go check them out whether you're looking to buy something for yourself or a friend or family member, go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All righty. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team, uh, which today consists of the coach, Tony Adranya. Coach, what's on your mind uh, after this... uh, (laughs) I mean, what a day, you know, I don't even really know what to say about that game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's two fifteen or what? two twenty five now. And man, I, I need a cigarette. I don't smoke, but <laughs> Lord, um, it was, yeah. Uh, I, I hate noon games anyway. Um, I just feel like it, it, assembly hall doesn't have its full advantage at noon and I guess we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. And with that said, I mean, Indiana grinded one out and, you know, gutted one out when they didn't play well. And that's two straight Saturdays that they've actually done that. And as much as you want them to play well and be playing their best ball um, as you get into late February, it says something about Indiana and, you know, how they've been able to finish games that they did not play well. You know, I think back to the Archie Miller era. um, And then I think back to even last season, some of these games like Michigan last week, uh, Northwestern even earlier in the week where they would have gotten blown away and never came back. And then obviously today being down nine in the second half and just really nothing going their way. It, it was a little flat, a uh, lot of missed free throws, unforced turnovers yet again, yet they just kind of grinded away at it. And they had somebody step up in Miller cop that I thought um, was tremendous. I mean, he made so many timely plays today, um, whether that be a drive to the bucket in addition to trace for an and one, um, knocking down four three pointers, I think out of the five he attempted, um, you know, I thought he was a difference maker in the game today because there were, you know, there wasn't a lot of juice. I think you even tweeted it uh, when Twitter was working <laughs> yeah. uh, earlier this afternoon. Did this game um, actually count if Twitter isn't working to right. record everything that happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it just made so many timely plays, and hats off to him because, um, you know, he was on with Fish in, in the pregame and, and kind of talked about, hey, you know. At Northwestern was a rough night. You know, it hurt for him to hear, you know, school he gave a lot of time to uh, kind of hurling vulgarities at him. And so kudos to him to come back, bounce back, have a great day today. And and to me was the difference maker. I mean, you know, you, you can rely on Old Faithful and Trace Jackson Davis is obviously your number one difference maker. But um, Indiana's needed other guys to step up besides 
Trace and Jalen. And, um, you know, I thought Miller and, and Race as well stepped up when Indiana needed them to. And it was big tonight. Yeah, no question. I mean, you make great points about Miller Cop. Look, good things are going to happen when we get Miller Cop five good looks from three-point range, which we did. Uh, and he knocks down four out of five, you know, made that big steal late. I mean, honestly, every time Indiana wins a game, it feels like Miller Cop is making a big steal or a big defensive play late in the game. And that's not what he's known for. But you're right. You know, if this game followed the formula of some other ones with Jalen doing what you know he did and Trace doing what he did, but no one else stepping up, you know, having two other double-digit scores is what helps you, you know, prevail by three points at the end of the game. And so, you know, I do – I want to tip my hat to Illinois. Um, I thought, you know, undermanned without Terrence Shannon, I thought especially in the first half, they just played really hard. Um, and they were quicker to rebounds. They were quicker to lose balls. They just had a lot more of the juice, you know, than Indiana had. Um, and I think Indiana got that in the second half. It took them a little while to get into it, but then they kind of got that, and it looked like Illinois got a little bit tired too. Um, you know, but you know, sometimes it's not just you not playing well, it's the other team really coming out, um, and playing together and playing hard. And I thought Illinois did that, but the thing I want to talk with you about here off the top, cause the biggest storyline coming in was how is Illinois going to defend trace Jackson Davis? Um, you know, and trace finishes with 26 points, 12 boards, five blocks, three steals. I mean, you know, it's just another game where he's tremendous, uh, but did have, you know, five turnovers and they did cause more problems for him today than they did up in Champaign. What did you see uh, in terms of how Illinois was defending him and how would you assess how he handled it? Yeah, when I was watching, uh, you know, I, I dove into synergy a little bit this morning to see, you know, how often is Illinois ever doubling the post? And, and honestly, they doubled Jalen Pickett at Penn State, but that's a different situation doubling him than a big. So really the only other big they had had doubled was at Rutgers. And so, I wanted to watch what they were doing there and, you know, they were doubling from that wing, basically the, the post entry feed. Um, and, you know, I, I thought trace he's, he's very, very good at being strong with the basketball. I mean, he, he's, he's elite at it today. I thought it was a little bit loose, um, you know, in those doubles, a lot of times, some of those spin moves where guys are kind of reaching in the cookie jar, he's able to just power through that and score where today was a little bit more loose. Now, again, was phenomenal, you know, 26 points, 12 rebounds, uh, but he did have five turnovers, as you mentioned. And so I, I thought Illinois did a nice job of collapsing, but I, I did think that IU did a nice job when it wasn't being turned over there, finding that open guy on the wing and, and a couple of times cop knocked down a shot there. A couple of times they reversed it quickly and got an open look in the corner. Um, you know, I, every coach has said it pregame, Trace is the best player in the country. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't think that's a slight at Zach Eady. But Trace can just do so much on the floor in terms of being able to take you off the dribble, take you into the post. I mean, he, he's your focal point of your defense. And that's not to say Zach Eady isn't, and Zach Eady isn't going to win player of the year because he probably will. However, Trace Jackson Davis can just do so much on the floor. And, you know, to, to, to kind of answer your question about how did Indiana handle it, I thought it was fine. You know, you're going to get different looks. You're, you're going to have turnovers, um, you know, similar to what happened against Northwestern. Trace looked a little stunned of, you know, to start and then kind of got in a groove, got comfortable and then was making the right reads and plays. Um, I liked what Indiana did to mitigate the double team. And they were really going with a high, low look, um, you know, from whether that be from trace to race or race to trace or Malik was thrown in there a couple of times in high, low looks. And they did the same thing against Northwestern. You know, it's it's one of those things where like, does Indiana just look to go high, low to start every game now? Like, is that just a look that 
is basically what you're going to have to do to mitigate some of these doubles. But, um, you know, I thought Indiana in the second half, again, had a, had a much better second half than first. Um, I thought they adjusted well. And I think that's, you know, that's something to, that is a huge positive, um, you know, that Indiana has been able to adjust. Now, yes, you don't want them to come out flat. You want them to have a great game plan going in that's going to mitigate what the opponent's trying to do. However, they've gone into halftime the last few weeks um, and made big-time adjustments to their game plan and to how the opponent's guarding them. Because you don't know. At the end of the day, it's a guess of what your opponent's going to do to guard you. And they've gone into ha- halftime, come back out, and they've kind of mitigated what the opponent was trying to do. And that's big to me. You know That, that speaks volumes of this coaching staff. And not only are they – you know, making good adjustments, they're also not just so married to their game plan that, you know what, we're just going to ride this, even if it's not working. That's what I felt the previous regime would do sometimes where things weren't working, but they just kept riding it, riding it, riding it. And what I like about this staff is that if something's not working, they're going to try to find a solution that does. And I thought Indiana did that today. And honestly, that is a, a meaningfully positive spin to to put on the way that these last few games have progressed, which is once you get into Big Ten play, you know, you've got to have a game plan, obviously. But then really what you've got to do in tournament play, whether it's the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament, is be able to read what's happening in a game, make an adjustment and change it, you know, deal with a bad half and be able to come back. And, you know, look, you don't want to continue to get these deficits. But this team is building some muscle memory and some confidence in its ability to come back. And so if they find themselves down, you know, moving forward, they're going to be able to, you know, to build some confidence here. Now, on the flip side, you'd much prefer not to do this. And so to me, you know, one of the big storylines coming out of this game is I think everybody was commenting about this in the first half, which is this team looks mentally and physically tired. And we talked about it after the Northwestern game, you know, where Trace, you know, Jalen plays 40 minutes, Trace plays 39 minutes and 14 seconds or whatever it was, you know, and is that sustainable? Well, you know, they both got three minutes of rest today. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, while Malik Renew, I thought provided some good minutes and we'll talk about him in meaningful moments coming up because I thought he had a stretch in the second half uh, that kind of swung the game. You know, Caleb Banks minus four, Jordan Geronimo minus six, Tamar Bates minus nine. When Indiana went to the bench, that is when Illinois went on their run, you know? And so, you know, Woody tries to give Trace a little bit of rest in the first half, but that's kind of when the game started to get away from Indiana a little bit. And so, you know, my question to you is, how concerned are you by the way this game started? Because there's a way to spin it where you say, okay, it was an early start. You don't have the normal energy of the arena. You know, the players aren't robots, and they knew that Terrence Shannon wasn't going to play. And I think that can affect you a little bit in terms of not having your edge. It shouldn't, but it can. You know, and then they turned it around. So you can look at that as kind of an isolated thing. The problem is it's been a trend now that we've seen. And so, you know, how concerned are you about that now as Indiana goes on the road to play in what is sure to be a highly charged emotional environment in East Lansing, and then we know what we're facing in Mackey after that? Uh, What's your level of concern about this team's mental and physical readiness for those challenges? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, you know, like you said, it's a trend. Like, it's something that they've been doing for yeah. for quite some time now in terms of these slow starts but it's it's also one of those things where it's like what do you do to mitigate that like or, or what's causing that you know what yeah. is it that you're just you know your pregame speech isn't pumping them up is it the you know they're struggling you, you know it's just like you try to pinpoint as a coach of all right we're starting slow why is it because you know our first five sets we're running aren't yielding positive results 
Is it because defensively we're not focused and locked in, which I would argue that's more so it, you know, sloppy turnovers, defense not locked in from the start are, are kind of the two things that stand out to me as Indiana's culprit of slow start. So, you know, you, you kind of look at like, all right, what sets are we making? Why, you know, are we doing and why are we turning the ball over at such a high clip to start? And maybe you adjust something there. You look at, okay, defensively, what are teams doing to us um, that, you know, we're, we just don't seem to be prepared for whatever the case may be and why they're able to jump out to these fast starts. So it, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's, it's so hard to like pinpoint what is going on when it's something like that, because, you know, obviously Indiana is very talented. Um, you know, they, they can be, play with anybody if on the right night, um, but also could probably be beaten by anybody on the right night. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm sure Woody and his staff are, are looking at it and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on here? Why is this happening? Is it, you know, they're probably not going to change personnel um, just given the, the precedent that, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. A, first of all, yeah, can't. Uh, second of all, um, you know, the, just Woody's precedent of he's going to, he's going to ride his guys that he thinks are his starting lineup. Um, you know, he showed us that last year as well. So yeah, it's to me, I, I'm not incredibly concerned about it. Um you know, it's certainly something where you want to you want to halt it now um, in mid-February. And like you said, you know, if, if you let Purdue get out to a 15-point lead at Mackey, there's there's no coming back from that. Um, you know, similar to what Indiana they did. They did it to us. Them. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, it, so, yeah, it, it, in terms of where I'm at with it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, let's get it figured out. But it's not like, man, like we're doomed if they don't figure this thing out. Um so, yeah, that's not a great answer, but it's just kind of where I'm at with it. No, I mean, I think it's a difficult question to answer, you know, because we don't fully know. I think we're trying to assess what we see for 40 minutes on the court, and there's so many ups and downs there. And, I, you know, I just think, to me, I think the easiest answer for this is Indiana is relying so heavily on two guys. You know, one is a senior, one is a freshman, and they're being asked to play 37 to 40, like, hard minutes. Like neither one of those guys ever gets a playoff, you know, because Jalen has one of the most important defensive assignments and then has the ball in his hands every possession. And we know the kind of pressure that's on Trace, you know. And so, you know, that's where Miller stepping up and making those shots and Race, you know, taking a few possessions to be the one banging down low when he had Luke Goody on him. Um, you know, Trey Galloway, who only scored two points, but had five assists and really, you know, had some nice drives and was able to get out in transition. I, actually, I think actually the possessions that those guys took helped you know, Jalen and Trace down the stretch. And that's what Indiana needs. You know, you need to have, you know, a more well-rounded distribution of who's using possessions and essentially, you know, who's got the pressure on them every possession. Because Jalen and Trace are great, you know, and I think they can win a lot of games themselves, but there's a limit to that. And, and that, to me, it's the biggest positive I take from this game is, you know, those two guys made their plays and they were stars, you know, and that's awesome. But the other role players, you know, at least four of them, and not when you got deeper in the bench, but I think those top four guys uh, all made winning plays, especially in the second half, and that's what Indiana needs. And they've got to get it more when they're not at home. Um, but that, to me, was was the biggest positive I take away from today. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and the second thing, kind of flip that on its head, um, you know, and talk about first-half struggles to second-half kind of gains was offensive rebounding. You know, Indiana in the first half really, really struggled from an offensive rebounding perspective. And then the second half um, really kind of flipped that on its head. And I think Indiana ended up with, what, 18 second-chance points to Illinois' 11. To me, that's the difference in the game. Uh, you know, Illinois was yep. was really doing a lot there. 
um, getting second chance points. And then Indiana, like I said, really made a concerted effort to attack the glass on both ends, uh, end up with 18. And, you know, just some of those plays where there's just mad scramble. Indiana came up with those in the second half and then converted. You know, I can think of a Miller Cop 3 off the top of my head. I can think of a Trace, maybe an and 1 off the top of my head. Um, you know, those are like the little plays that, in the grand scheme of things, they don't seem like they're in the moment going to be a difference maker. But then you look at it from that 40,000-foot view, and you're like, wow, that was a game-changing play. Yep. Well, and hold that thought, because we're going to talk some more about those here coming up. As we continue our breakdown of Indiana's three-point victory over Illinois, we're going to point out today's meaningful moments that you might have missed. And then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight some more of the most important statistical notes from this game. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This is Verdell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? A full court dribble and a perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And of course, celebrating with Hoosier Nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on an assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Verdell. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Tony Adranya, and we are breaking down Indiana's three-point victory over Illinois this afternoon at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And it's the top of segment two, so you know what that means. Meaningful moments that you might have. That is right. And, Tony, I know that you have to leave here soon, man. Appreciate you being able to uh, to hop on. Um, so let me go to you first for meaningful moments. Uh, get, you know, whatever meaningful moment stood out to you and then get some final thoughts before you have to bounce on off. For sure. I, I thought, you know, I was in a text chat uh, at the end of the game. Uh, you know, they had just missed that first free throw and, and Woody called timeout. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, why do we call that timeout? I'm really nervous about if we get in trouble. We're out of timeouts here. Um, and... Indiana did get in a little bit of trouble and Jalen Hutchfino was being double teamed. I think it was down to like 12 seconds left. He fought Galloway kind of takes a jab step, makes a long uh, cut. And it was very similar to against Purdue when Indiana kind of was getting pressured and they had that pressure release for the long pass. And then obviously trace um, gets the dunk and Indiana goes up three. Um, you know, to me, that was, was so meaningful. It just gave you separation it burned some valuable clock, um, you know, in a situation where a lot of teams are going to foul you immediately at the 14-second mark and just try to extend that game. Indiana was able to burn 10 seconds off that clock, 
um, and then ultimately get two points on a dunk for that matter as well. So to me, that was was so meaningful to to Indiana and being able to close this one out. Um, like I said, getting some time off the clock along with getting two points there um, in a game where where it's it's so possession based and teams are really trying to extend it at that point when they're down. So to me, there was just you know it had so many remnants of that Purdue long throw to Jalen um, to kind of put the seal on that one. Um, now, granted, Illinois got a great look to end it, um, but you know at the end of the day, that kind of was the seal when it was all said and done and, and very meaningful to Indiana getting this W. Absolutely. All right. Well, before you have to get out of here, give us your final thoughts as you come out of this game and look ahead to what Indiana has left this season. Yeah. I mean, I'm super proud of their fight. Um, you know, it's, it's a grind and, and you never don't celebrate big 10 wins in February, especially with yep. this program. <laughs> you know, we have seen some February swoons, um, that you just couldn't even imagine unless you went through them. And so super proud of the fight and the grit. You know, you, you, you look at Indiana over the course of what their last 10-ish games, whenever after that Penn State game was, if you would have told me they're here now, they, you know, they just grinded out a win against Illinois to go 19-8, and 10-6 and six in the conference, um, I would have told you I'd be exceptionally proud, and I am. Um, of the way this team's fighting. They've got so much grit in them that we've just not seen from Indiana teams um, over the course of the better part of the last decade, at least since 2016. Um, and just been fun to watch. You know, it's it's not fun. Every play is not fun, for sure. <laughs> possession by possession, there's, there's a lot of heart rate spikes. I don't know if anybody, if, if you guys all have Apple Watches, look at your heart rate stats during <laughs> an IU basketball game. Because I know mine are just... A lot of fluctuations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, man, I'm just super proud of, of the way this team's fighting and competing. And do they need to get better? Yes. Um, could they use a, a healthy Xavier Johnson? Yes. Um, you know, and what that looks like, not sure. But, you know, you've got Penn State or, excuse me, Michigan State and Purdue on the road next week. That's, that's going to be a gauntlet. And you could very well lose both of those. So today was so important to me because – you're looking in, in square in the eyes at a four-game losing streak, perhaps, if, if those don't go your way next week. Um, so today was nice to get that W. Hopefully you can go get a couple next week against some some of the top teams in the conference. But with that said, you know, just just thrilled for the win today. Um, very excited about Indiana being able to close games and win ugly. Um, you know, they're very much kind of that finesse style, um, but they're, they've been able to win ugly a couple games uh, within the last week, and that's exciting. Um, exciting for where this team can could go um, with four games left in the regular season and really super important if you want that double buy today was a must win and and they got it yeah Tony thank you for being here enjoy the rest of your weekend man and we will look forward to your IU film room breakdown uh, in the community which by the way I'll give uh, one last plug here for that if you go to assemblycall.com slash community we do still have our two-month free trial up, which we're going to take away next week. But basically, if you get started, then you can have the rest of the season through the tournament you know, to check out all of Tony's great work, Coach's Corner, um, you know, the statistical deep dives that I put in there, our Banner Fridays. There's a ton of stuff in there. And we'd love to have as many of you try it out. And if you like it, then stick with us after that because uh, it's a great place for IU basketball conversations. Tony, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. 
You know, and, and I want to piggyback off what Tony said there. Um, and by the way, I think Coach is going to join us uh, live from Assembly Hall. Thought Ryan was going to be here, so we may need to do a wellness check uh, on Ryan because I didn't see any tweets from him and he didn't text back. So there must have been a miscommunication some somewhere. Uh, he's probably still sleeping, you know, out there on the West Coast. Um, but look, I, you know, I think Tony makes such a great point there. I mean, I know we were all disappointed in how the first half went. We're all concerned about Indiana's inability to put together forty you know, full minutes of basketball. Um, and those are all, you know, very fair concerns uh, to to have. Um, give me just one second here. I'm going to text the StreamYard link to Galen because uh, he just asked if we want him to hop on, and absolutely we do. Uh, you know, but to be able to come back and fight through that and still win, you know, and, uh, you know, stealing that win at Michigan is huge because Tony's right. Indiana could play well in both of its next two games and lose those games. And so the fact that, you know, we knew these four road games are going to be tough. We've already gotten one of them, which is big. And then to get this home game sandwiched in the middle, you know, it means that at worst, you're going to go two and three in that stretch. And that, you know, was kind of the worst case scenario that, you know, a lot of us, uh, you know, we're hoping to do better than that. But if you can at least get two, you're kind of treading water. And credit to the guys for doing that, you know, and, and we'll continue to nitpick. And here we, as we talk about meaningful moments, I've got some nitpicks on some things. But at the end of the day, winning Big Ten games in February is a tough thing to do. Uh, and Indiana was able to do it. Um, and so, you know, that needs to be, you know, kind of the overarching feeling here. But I want to talk about a couple stretches in the second half that I thought were absolutely pivotal in Indiana coming back. The first one is, you know, Indiana was down by nine, 46-37. I mean, they did not come out of halftime playing very well because they were only down three. Illinois really took it to them. It was kind of more of the same. And Mike Woodson takes the timeout. And, you know, coming out of that, you know, Indiana has been really good out of timeouts. Um, and they did it again. Trey scored through contact. And then I thought really noticeably competed hard on defense. You know, and you're seeing that more from him. He's getting switched on to guys on the perimeter. He's getting low in a stance. You know, guys can get a step on him, but he's competing. He's recovering. Um, he got a tough rebound, and then he led the break, got it up to Malik. And, it, you know, it looked like Malik had a great opportunity to score, cut the lead more, but he kind of hesitated and got the ball stolen. So it was a big opportunity. But I thought Trey scoring and having the good defensive possession – settled Indiana in a little bit. And then a little bit later in the second half, it's 56-51 after Luke Goody had hit that jumper. And it's just, you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, okay, we're getting back into it, and now we're giving up a little bit. Are we going to actually be able to cut into this lead and get all the way back? And I thought Malik Renew had two huge hustle plays. Uh, one of them, Jalen Huchifino misses a jumper. Malik gets on the ground to get the rebound. He got it out to Trey Galloway, who skipped it to Jalen, who drained a three. Then on the very next possession, Malik gets a steal, leads the break, gets it to Trace, who goes up and under for a layup, and all of a sudden it's 56-56. And, you know, for Malik, a guy who has been struggling to get in a rhythm down low, he's not giving you the scoring production that you'd hoped, but what you're getting from him now that you weren't getting before is he's able to stay on the court more because he's not fouling quite as much, and it seems like he's making a couple hustle plays every game that are really noticeable. And so I thought those two sequences – you know, prevented Illinois from pushing the lead out even more and made the final run that Indiana was able to make to, you know, eventually take the final lead and win the game, made it possible. Um, and that's what Indiana needed to do to keep touch. And sometimes it just comes down to being tough and hustling. And it's the stuff Indiana wasn't doing in the first half. And I think that's why it stood out so much there in the second half uh, when they did. Because once they did that, 
you know, they were able to make the plays that they needed. Ladies and gentlemen, look who we have here. That's right. It is the doctor, Galen Clavio, stepping up. You know, this is what we do at the Back Home Network, uh, which is we're there for each other. We have each other's backs. Galen sees that I'm here by myself, so he jumps in. Uh, Galen, thanks for being here, man. Give me your uh, just your opening thoughts on this IU victory. I didn't need that stress at noon on a <laughs> Saturday. Is my initial, but uh, look, I, I put this up on Twitter. We and Tony kind of mentioned it right as he was getting off. We've seen this team lose this particular game in February so many times over the course of the last seven seasons, and uh, you know they almost pulled out the game against Northwestern. They pulled the game out here. They pulled the game out against Rutgers. They pulled it out against Purdue. Um, you know. February basketball is hard. We, you know, we we constantly forget that because we really we've played poorly in February historically. Um, but you know, to watch this team overcome what was a really bad game offensively and figure out a way to win and clamp down as much as they did defensively in the second half is is really heartening. Uh, and I think really, you know, for all the people who talk about same old Indiana with the, the, the slow starts and the, the problems, it's not the same old Indiana. This is what you like to see out of a team with this level of talent, the ability to make plays down the end here. Absolutely. And look at this. Now we got a party here because Coach Tom Sony is here. I don't know what his connection is going to be like, uh, but let, let's see if we've got him. Coach, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's the audio? I know there's a lot of sound here in the lobby. It has a very um, authentic quality because you're there live, so we can handle it. <laughs> okay, so just kick me out thoughts. when it gets to be annoying. Yeah, no, no, um, you're, you're good for now. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was a real tough game. I thought Indiana didn't play well. I thought they lacked a lot of energy. Uh, every play just seemed to go Illinois' way and rebounds and turnovers and all of that kind of stuff and the noise of people leaving. Um, I just thought it was a really bad game until the last six or seven minutes. And then Indiana found a way to win, which is the most important thing. Yep. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. You know, and the other interesting thing that happened during the game, uh, Galen, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is the selection committee came out with their top 16. Uh, for those who may have missed this, especially those who were kind of tracking stuff on Twitter and then Twitter blew up and wasn't working uh, during the game. But the top 16 seeds came out. Indiana was on the four line. And I believe if I read this correctly, Indiana was the top four seed. Like they were the thir number 13 team in the S-curve. And so, of course, everybody's looking at that like, oh, great. You know, we're in this good position. Now we're going to lose a home game. Uh, but Indiana didn't. And so now I feel like we can talk about that with a little bit more enthusiasm than we would have been able to otherwise. Give me – you two are the, you know, a couple of bracketologists here. Give me your thoughts on how surprising that was uh, and how confident you are in Indiana actually being able to maintain that kind of seed. I'll start off. I wasn't shocked when I did my bracket this morning. I had Indiana – 14th in the list so 13th was right around where I had them my big question was who were you know this reveal always lets you know what the committee is going to prefer because it is a little bit different each year and yeah. this year it's interesting because I expected UConn to be at or above where Indiana was at they're not I also expected Creighton to be up there they're not which tells me that the committee isn't looking quite as much at the predictive statistics they're looking a lot at what you've done resume wise in terms of, you know, what your overall wins are versus the other teams that are projected to be in the field, what your road neutral record is to some degree. I think where Indiana is in really good shape right now is with the win today. They're now they've got 12 wins against teams projected to be in the field. 
Well, whereas yeah. some of the teams around them just aren't quite there in terms of that. And so, you know, I felt Indiana was going to be in good shape. They're the only team that's won at Xavier. They're one of only two teams that's won at Illinois. Uh, they've got a win against Purdue, a win against Rutgers, and they don't have really any bad losses. So I wasn't surprised. It was heartening to see. And I actually think Indiana's got a little bit room for growth. They could get up to that three line. It's not that far away. I love we apologize for any motion sickness that people got there while watching coach walk. But look at that background. That's got to be the best background that isn't uh, on a green screen in assembly call history. That's beautiful, coach. <laughs> yeah, trying to get away from all the cleanup uh, and the noise so I could, you know, I, I saw you were all by yourself. I was getting a little worried there earlier, so I, I tried to find a good spot. But, yeah, you know, that's a thought. You see Indiana 13th. Uh, we, I had them 17th. And so you just want to keep going. And, and this is a huge, it's a huge win because the road wins are going to be tough to come by. But if you split, you're, it's going to be hard now for Indiana to drop lower than a five. Um, with with any result, and that's just so good given the injuries and all of the stuff. Um, just proud of this group. What a gutsy effort today! It was. We have not played good basketball since probably the first half of Rutgers, to be honest. And we're winning games, and that's what you want your program to be all about. So, yeah. once I catch my breath, I'll have a little bit more to share with you. You know, fat man walking around Assembly Hall is not. Not a good recipe for a podcast. That's amazing. I, I'll add something else. That I, I think Coach brought up a great point, bracketology-wise. No one's winning on the road right now, uh, no, except for Rutgers, who knocked off Wisconsin. Thank you, Rutgers. We appreciate your work. Um, but there, there was a stat. Uh, we talked about it on the bracketology show earlier this week on Crimson Cast. The top four teams in the Big East are like 32-0 and 0 at home in conference play so Jeez. far this season. Uh, you know, teams have stopped winning on the road. Tennessee is I don't think going to beat Kentucky on the road today. We're seeing teams just not be able to do it on the road. So winning your home games becomes even more paramount because it's kind of like, can you keep the place that you've achieved up to this point? And it's easy to look at Indiana on the road and say, well, gosh, effort's not there, this or that. They've got you know enough road wins now that they've proven more than many teams uh, that they're able to go and do it. And that's going to, that's obviously helped them in the eyes of the committee. And, if they win either of these games this upcoming week, it'll be a benefit. But if they lose either one, I don't think it's going to be held against them. You know, even if they get blown out against Purdue, I don't think that's going to be a real uh, negative as far as their overall credentials are concerned. Yeah. You know, something I want, I want to get both your guys' perspective on this. Coach, because you were there, and Kalen, obviously, because we respect your opinion on this, and Tony and I batted this around a little bit in segment one. You know, the what is the reason for some of these slow starts? You know, it's like obviously for a portion of today's game – Illinois certainly looked like they were playing harder and in a sense they were they were getting to more loose balls and all that stuff but I don't buy that this Indiana team just isn't playing hard <laughs> you know like this is a team that cares that is into it I do think it's possible that they're mentally and physically tired I do think it's possible that guys who know they're going to play 40 minutes pace themselves a little bit I think it's possible that they get a little stymied by what the opposition is doing and takes them a little while to adjust but you know, when I see commentary about, you know, this team's not playing hard, this kind of stuff, I don't buy that as the reason. I think there's some other reasons, but it's not some of the things that we've seen before. Like this team cares, they're connected, they're, you know, they're listening to their coach, they're, you know, so I just think it's something else. And it's not great that they're not getting a ton of bench production because you 
you know, Woody can't really go to the bench and give guys rest. Um, so I'm just I'm curious to get your guys' perspective on this and what you think might be able to change down the stretch to maybe get more consistent basketball. Uh, uh, Coach, why don't you go first? I, I just think they're mentally and physically uh, fatigued a little bit, and then they got to find it within the game. Um, it's, it's not not playing hard. People equate bad performance with not playing hard, and sometimes that is true. But this team was playing hard. They just were a step slow. Uh, their passes were soft. Their, their blockouts were, were, you know, 50%. And, and I don't think it's mentally they're choosing to not play hard. They're just at a point where they've had to put a lot of energy into getting to 8 out of 10 wins or now 9 out of 11 wins. They've got to find that and regroup, whether that is a couple walkthroughs now on the road. I mean, this is going to be Coach Woodson's really test. You, you can't go through three-hour practices. I'm not saying he is anymore, but it's the season to taper now. But this team looked done mentally and physically, like they were trying but going in quicksand. And that's not not playing hard. That was just they all were just struggling to find their groove. And to this credit, uh, both players in the press conference said Coach Woodson just ripped them at halftime. And these kids don't pout when they get ripped. They just come to work. And, and that's a sign that when adversity hits in a tournament setting, you have a chance to win a game. They're showing that in the last few games, and that's what's important. Galen, your thoughts on that? So, look, I think in this – I think each one's a little bit different. All right. I think Illinois is a good basketball team. They're a talented basketball team. They're mercurial. And so we have a tendency to equate that to not being good. But you look at what Illinois did. Yes, I know they just lost to Penn State. Uh, and I know Indiana blew them out, uh, you know, in, in Champaign. But they had won a bunch of games in a row there before this, uh, this two-game losing streak that they're now on. And, you know, they're a very capable team. And I think they felt like they had something to prove against Indiana because of what Indiana did to them at the State Farm Center or whatever the heck they call that building. And, you know, so from my perspective, I think the start was understandable. As bad as Indiana was playing, um, you know, defensively in terms of not being able to stymie what Illinois was trying to do, uh, it will, you know, Indiana probably could have kept pace if they'd had any sort of a normal shooting day. So, no, I, I agree with Coach. I don't think this was a case where Indiana wasn't playing hard in, in, in as much as, they, you know, it wasn't something that was there for 40 minutes. They made adjustments, and a lot of it was really clamping down on defense. Um, you know, Illinois was out efforting Indiana in certain spots early, but they made corrections accordingly. Now, as far as the macro picture, yes, they're clearly tired, uh, or Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Huchifino definitely are clearly tired, and there's really not an option. And, and unfortunately, you know, Miller Cop stepped up today. Race Thompson stepped up today. That's what Indiana has to have, and I think at home – they've been able to get away with somebody showing up, whether it's those two or banks or, or Bates or renew. And they haven't gotten that on the road. That's really what, what made the problems for them at Northwestern. So, uh, you know, ultimately February is hard. A lot of teams, Purdue being a great example, don't play the same in February as they did in December and January. And then normally, like if you can survive this trough, and come out of it in relatively good shape in March, and you're a good basketball team, most of that gets left behind you. And that's really yeah. kind of what I'm hoping. I was worried if Indiana lost this game, that might not be what we saw. But the fact yeah. that they picked this one up, they're really in a good spot now to say, like, even if you go two and two the rest of the way, you're 12 and eight in the conference. That's about what anybody would have hoped for when the conference started. 
Yep. No, I mean, winning today was huge. You just had to get the result <laughs> by any means necessary. Uh, and Indiana did. Let's get back to this game a little bit. We're here in segment two so we can finish up meaningful moments and talk numbers. Uh, Coach, you've got something on uh, on Tamar and Malik. Yeah, we're, we're looking for bench production, and, and sometimes we look for it in points. But I thought uh, Bates played well defensively. He was off the ball and got a couple deflections and steals, and, and he, he made a nice drive and, and a layup, and I thought he took appropriate shots. So if those start falling, that's going to be – I don't think he played poorly today, uh, despite maybe not having – I don't have the stats up right now. But I, th- I saw some, yeah, I saw some off the ball play from him and some attention to detail defensively from being here that I was happy to see because if you're locked in there, the offense is going to happen soon. Uh, the same with Renew. Renew got a nice little deflection and steal. He's not fouling as much uh, anymore. Uh, he's got that nice little jump hook, and coach is trusting him a little bit more. So sometimes, especially when you have two all-star players who are going to get the volume of shots, your bench players sometimes will pop, like Cop and Race got the points now. Then maybe the next time it's, it's Trey Galloway and it's Tamar Bates. But the key for Tamar for me is when you're locked in defensively, and I thought he was a lot better today than I've seen him recently, uh, playing attention to team basketball. I was really happy to see that because if he keeps doing that, then he's going to have a three fall. I, I thought the shot fake pull up two was great. Uh, I thought his footwork on the three was great. It just missed. And, and, and missing shots doesn't mean you're playing bad. Uh, the, from a coaching standpoint, I thought both those young men contributed to the win, maybe not the stat sheet. Yeah, and you know, also on Tamar, and we talked about him extensively on Banner Friday, I thought he was more in rhythm offensively. You know, he scored on that drive where he actually took it all the way to the basket, which has been kind of a missing piece for him. He'll often pull up or, you know, do a little floater uh, and taking it all the way, you know, and he scored. And you're right. I thought the other looks were within the flow of the offense. So they didn't fall today, but a much more productive day for him. Uh, Galen, any other, you know, meaningful moments stand out for you or kind of individual plays by guys? Um, I mean, when Indiana finally hit a couple of free throws at the end, I thought that was a meaningful moment. Uh, Gosh, I, man. I got it. You know, it's a, I will say this. There have been so many games when Indiana has struggled from the free throw line and they've lost. And it's just like, uh. so it's nice to see them struggle from the free throw line and then win and not have to worry about it. Um, but no, I, look, I mean, I, so many key defensive plays down the stretch by Miller Cop. And I don't know if that, this got talked about before I jumped on, but we did. Uh, you know, it it deserves repeating because ultimately when this Indiana team is at its apex and when it's really hard to beat, you've got all five guys making defensive contributions, whether that's steals, whether that's forcing bad shots, what have you. And that's something that we didn't see as much in the first half, but you see it come back in the second half. That's the thing you really want to bottle with this Indiana team and have them do consistently because they just, Whatever it is, it seems to supercharge them on offense. They feel more comfortable in the flow of things. Um, and so, yeah, yeah I mean, look, that this is it's weird. This is a team that's they play really well collectively, but it's a team that really has seen different individual efforts allow them to win games. Jalen Huchifino, that shot that he took after the turnover towards the end to tie it back up again. And then, you know, watching all of those possessions where race Thompson becomes the guy that the entry pass is going to, and he's able to, to have the wrong defender on him, make fakes, get himself into the right position. Like 
those two guys, Cop and Thompson, if they can contribute like that, that's the easing of pressure that you really need. And, uh, you know, maybe th- those are all meaningful moments, but and I doubt people missed them, but we need to concentrate on how important those are because that really is the secret sauce that differentiates this team from past IU teams. It's huge. Tony and I talked about that. Just having Miller Cop and Race Thompson take some of the pressure off of individual possessions, race being the guy banging down low, you know, Miller making plays. It just, it relieves a little pressure for Jalen and trace, you know, on a possession by possession basis, which is helpful. You know, and and I talked about a couple of stretches that I thought really important in the second half. The last meaningful moment that I'll mention is, you know, back in the first half, again, you know, Illinois has that eight point lead. Coleman Hawkins has that great dunk on trace Jackson Davis gets called for such a stupid technical foul. I mean, if you put the, an All-American on a poster, you should get to say something to him. And it wasn't even that bad what he said anyway. Like, it, it was it was he, just lame. Are, are we sure? I didn't we, even, you know, no, he just looked at him. He was proud. That was, it the, was so that was, dumb. It was, I, I've, been a, I've been bad, you know, harsh on officials. That was a bad tech against Hawkins. I, I really felt terrible. bad. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. And honestly, it killed a little bit of the momentum that they had. And Indiana immediately went on a 7-0 run. So I just, I hate those calls. I really do. And that even, but that one in particular, I mean, even with the way that they've been enforcing the rule, that was a bad call. So whatever. Um, But to Indiana's credit, you know, Illinois got it to eight, just like when Illinois got it to nine in the second half, they came right back. And a lot of times it was, you know, Trace and Jalen making big plays there when they needed to. Um, But those were, those were big plays uh, that, you know, really just helped Indiana keep the game at arm's length. So then they could make that final push there at the end. Uh, let's talk numbers. You know, I, th- I thought uh, Tony, when he was here, you know, pointed out, uh, I think the second chance points, Indiana 18 to 11, after getting dominated there early in the game, you know, really did a better job in the second half, uh, you know, and, and, and they were able to do that. <laughs> One thing that really stands out in this game, Indiana, 13 of 29 on layups, and Trace missed some layups that we've seen him make a lot. Illinois, 9 of 22 on layups, so a lot of missed layups by both teams. It really kind of almost canceled itself out. If, so I'm, bad. if I'm Illinois, I am so mad at myself. I don't know yes. how a team gets 12 offensive rebounds and scores 11 second-chance points. Like, how is that even possible? Um, you know, and, and for them to have blown that many layups, for them to essentially – have shot themselves out of the game. I mean, only hit nine field goals in the entire second half if you're Illinois, given that they were getting so many open looks. I don't know what it is about the basket on the south end of Assembly Hall, but it it has really been a problem for everybody this year, Indiana and their opposition. Fortunately, Indiana seems to be able to know how to, you know, like make the most out of that. But yeah, no, I to me, the fact that Illinois scored over a point per possession and still lost and Indiana struggled as much as they did on offense and still won is it's, it's a testament to Indiana's you know, abilities on defense, but it's also a testament that Indiana got a little bit lucky with the fact that Illinois wasn't yes. able to capitalize on as many good plays as they made. Yes. No, no question. Um, you know, and as much as Indiana benefited from the second chance points, Illinois outscores Indiana 19 to 11 on fast break points, coach, you know, and a lot of that is just, I mean, Indiana made some really bad passes out on the perimeter. Uh, you know, Trace and Jalen, you know, were, were real culprits there. I thought, you know, the, the biggest criticism that I have of both of those guys, Tony pointed out with Trace that he's usually much stronger with the ball uh, and just seemed to have some possessions where he was just a little weak mentally and physically, um, you know, with the ball. And Illinois took advantage of that. Jalen had a couple of those. And so Illinois was able to take advantage. 
Indiana got some fast break points of their own, um, but not uh, not quite enough to counter what Illinois did. But coach, what other uh, numbers kind of told the story of this game for you, if any? Well, one that we won by three. Uh, you know that the way it was it was playing out, I, I wasn't sure. Uh, but go through the stats: uh, turnovers, free throws, giving up offensive rebounds. Uh, there's really not a stat that would show you that Indiana wins the basketball game. And yet Indiana found a way to win the basketball game. In the last three games, they've struggled, and they're two and one uh, in close games. That, you know, that that's the stat right there. Uh, you know, and we're in one offensive foul that should have been called away from maybe going into overtime and winning three straight games. You want to win games, uh, and you know, stats are stats. Coach Woodson said that uh, in in reference to his scoring record being passed by TJD. He said, we got championships to win. And he's so right. It's about winning. Uh, and, yes, yeah, stats help you. Uh, you want to shoot the ball better. You want to rebound better. You, but ultimately, at the end of the day, Indiana's ahead out here on the scoreboard. And so uh, a lot of things to clean up. Uh, but n- number one is with film study and rest is what this team needs more than out there on the, on the court right now. Yep. Uh, the other, just the last stat that I'll mention before we get out of this segment is five assists for Trey Galloway. Uh, and he's a guy who, you know, we've talked about needing the scoring and Indiana was able to get double digit scoring out of, uh, you know, Miller cop and race Thompson. But I thought Trey Galloway, his aggressiveness early was really helpful, especially in transition and his aggressiveness, his aggressiveness in the half court had that nice drive where he found, you know, went baseline and found Miller cop. Those are some of the things that Trey can do. You know, he's, not always going to find a lot of great looks um, because I think, you know, he's not a tough shot maker, but he can make open ones. And today he only got his one opportunity. Sometimes the floater will be there, sometimes not. So I don't think he's always a guy you can count on to score, but he is a guy we need to count on to create offense. And today he was able to do that without scoring. And I thought the five assists uh, were really indicative of that. Yeah, that was, that was his most assists in a game tied for the game at Minnesota. And they needed all of them in that game too. You know, I mean, look, I, 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 my feeling on Trey has always been, you know, he's he's good enough on defense that you can play him out there most of the time. You really do need his offense because Indiana just hasn't had the consistency. Now, Miller Cop hitting the threes that he did today meant that you didn't need it as much. And so for Galloway to play 31 minutes, not take that much off the table, which he has in a couple of games where Indiana's lost, and be that important in terms of getting the ball where it needs to get to. Uh, that's, you know, th- that's the nice thing about having him out there. And I think one of the things, if Xavier Johnson ever comes back a- at full strength or close to it and is able to play the seasoning that Trey Galloway's gotten playing so many minutes and being in so many situations, if you're able to pick and choose a little bit more where you're playing Trey Galloway, and he's only playing 20 to 23 minutes as opposed to 30 to 35, I, I think that makes him far more effective. I, I admire what he was able to do given the amount of minutes we had to have him play today. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out moving forward here over the last few games of the season. And so we had a, a Rob Doster sighting there uh, live at assembly hall, but apparently he was just checking to see if Andy bottoms was on the show. That's what most people do. They check to see if Andy's on and if he's not, they leave. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Andy. He didn't want to stop and say something. I was going to see if he wanted to make a comment or two. <laughs> I think they're fails. broadcasting from the tap tonight. Uh, oh, they really? Live from the oh, tap. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So. Very cool. All right. Check out the tap and our friends from Field of 68. Uh, very nice. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Let's uh, move on here with the show. Coming up on the assembly call, we are going to hand out our game balls and our Hoosier Hustle Award. 
We'll discuss a lingering question or two, and then we'll look ahead to what Indiana has coming up next with a tough road trip. That's all next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Nick Zeisloft. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. All right. Thank you, Nick. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. We're getting close to that 10,000 subscriber mark. You can join for free at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. All right. I'm Jared Morris here with Galen Clavio and the coach, Brian Tonsoni, who is live on location at Assembly Hall. Uh, and gentlemen, it's time for our Game Balls, presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com, and when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all their testing services. That is 23 in honor of TJD. Uh, Galen, let's go to you first. Who you get your Game Ball for today's Indiana victory? I, I, I think there's some kind of like legal issue if I don't give it to Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, it, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how anybody watching the games is processing what he's doing statistically, but it is, we're not going to see it maybe for another 15 to 20 years. I mean, again, 26 points, 12 rebounds, five blocks, three steals, two assists. That's, that's insane. For a guy who's playing 37 minutes and who rarely leaves, you know, more than like 12 feet away from the rim, um, it just just a dynamo. And and what he's doing, I don't know. It's hard to put him into the the historical register of like how he will measure up with the other IU greats. But the level statistically that he's carrying this team on his back is right up there with the absolute greatest performances we've seen out of any IU player in the entire history of the program. Yep, that is not hyperbole, and he just keeps doing it. Um, Coach, let's get uh, let's get your game ball. I mean, it's hard to go away from Trace when he has that kind of performance and on a day when he passes his coach on the all-time scoring list. 
Yeah, I, you know, it has to be Trace, but Hood Shafino wins the game at the end by, by co- overcoming a horrible turnover. That was just a, a horrible turnover and a two-point lead for Illinois, and then to have the guts to come down and just drain a shot, then hit two free throws, uh, and then, you know, I, I, so, yeah, it's got to be Trace. Uh, so my vote is for Trace, but what, what a performance the there moment. at the end. Yeah, that, that was okay, the banner Okay, okay, I missed that. Yeah, it was basically Jalen bouncing back from that horrible turnover, and it's just, it, look, I think you could make a reasonable argument for him for game ball if you wanted to, even though he didn't have a good shooting game. His ability to just stick with it in a game and overcome struggles and never doubt himself, you know, and just, and he just, he puts, it's like he puts it out of his mind. He has the right kind of athletic amnesia where he just forgets about it and he's ready for the next play. It's, it is as, as much as his physical skills are impressive, to me, that's the most impressive thing about him. And it's kind of interesting watching us as IU fans process the freshman year of Jalen Utrefino because on the one hand, it feels like he gets way too much criticism for a freshman. But yet, when you have the ball in your hands that much, you know, you're going to get analyzed and criticized more. But what the kid does in putting mistakes behind him is just – it really is unbelievable. I, I want to add something about Trace. Trace struggled, and he didn't let it get to him. I mean, he missed some shots that he normally wouldn't. You could tell that he was somewhot fatigued, and yet he you could just tell he was digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what you want your leader, your best player, to be your harder, hardest worker. And he was not going to allow this team to lose today, and that's nowhere on the stat sheet. But t- he was really trying to overcome. And, and in past years, he thought he would hang his head a little bit or he would tune out for some periods of time when things weren't going his way, especially offensively, or when he would pick up fouls. But today, you could see missed shot, and he did some of that bounce back throughout the game when, when he would miss a, a shot at the rim that he normally was was going to make and then made some huge plays down the stretch. So, yeah, Trace Jackson Davis for, for game ball. But there's a lot more than the stats, too, behind Trace's effort uh, tonight and previous game. One, something I'm noticing from him, he, he did it today. and It's a play that I mentioned earlier. He did it against Northwestern. I'm pretty sure he did it against Michigan. It seems like there's been a time every second half where Indiana needs kind of a little pick-me-up, and he gets down in a stance on defense guarding someone on the perimeter, and it's almost like, yo, I'm giving it my all. Let's go. Follow me. And that's not the kind of thing that we used to see from him. I actually think it's one of the more important skills that is going to make him draftable is he's really shown a better ability to be switchable. Um, And he will get driven sometimes, but he can recover with the blocks. But this year, he's actually doing a better job of getting low in a stance and not even getting beaten off the dribble. Um, And it's, you know, so it's something that the possession calls for. But I always take it in the moment like he's just trying to, like, lead by example and show the guys, like, let's go. This is a big possession. Follow my lead. So I'm with you guys. Uh, Game ball to Trace Jackson Davis. That is his 16th. (laughs) game all of the season which is incredible uh but very very well deserved and now let's go to our hoosier hustle award hi this is anthony leal reminding you to check out our friends at evansville security services based in the hometown of iu legend calvert cheney Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. 
To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we have breaking news in the chat. Ryan is okay. Sounds like he woke up sick, so he, he, he sends his apologies that he wasn't able to watch the game and be on the show, but he is okay. We will cancel the wellness check. Uh, Ryan, good to, good to know that you're all right, man. Um, all right, who's your hustle award? Uh, Coach, why don't you lead us off? Who gets your hustle award today? You know, I'm going to go Miller Cop because I think he rebounded within the game, struggled earlier uh, guarding Meyer, and then got yelled at at halftime. He said, yeah, Coach told me it's time to step up uh, and then and get his work done early. And, and I think he, he, you know, did that in the second half and was, was part of that effort. I think you could go Jalen hood Shafino again. But I think when Miller Cop does a lot of the little things and then he hustled today and got in the right spots and, and really was confident with his shot, um, not, not the fact that he just made him, but I thought he was really busting it to get into a good passing lanes and passing angles. And, and so that's my Hoosier Hustle Award. Okay. Always a good choice there. Galen? I go with Race Thompson on this one. Uh, still clearly physically hobbled, only plays 22 minutes, scores 10 points, has six rebounds, uh, has an assist, and really was a key uh, down the stretch for Indiana offensively getting himself into position. I think we underestimate how physically difficult it was to try to move his body in the way that he was, uh, you know, being draped on by Illinois defenders into a spot where he could score. Um, so look, I, I think we know race is dealing with a lot of physical limitations right now. He's still kind of rounding into shape and uh, to watch him come back after what was a not very good first half and play as well as he did down the stretch. It was a key. It, it, it's one of the reasons why Indiana won the game. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of guys you could have given it to a cop was a great shout renew, Hustled certainly a lot while he was in there. Bates had a couple of good moments as well. But Thompson, given what we know that he's dealt with and his statistical output really sealed it for me. One of the bigger developments of the last two games is race is finishing again. Um, he's making some of those shots inside, even finishing through contact. That's big for this team because, again, you know, this is a team that really, you know, you're looking at the margins can we get four to six more points a game from somebody or some bodies and just race being able to hit some of those shots that when he first came back, he didn't have enough lift on. He was getting blocked too easily and not even getting fouled. Now he's able to get position more and score. That's a big development um, as we go down the stretch. Well, we are going to kick the Hoosier hustle award to the chat mob because I agree with both of your choices. I think they're great choices, but I'm giving it to Malik Renew, who I thought turned the game with his hustle in the second half. Those two plays I mentioned when it was 56-51, getting on the floor. And what I love so much about it, you know, you just you look for growth from the freshman. And he's a guy who was not playing earlier, and his coach called him out for not playing hard enough. And he has taken that, and he's not letting his offensive struggles get to him. You know, he's not scoring as much as we mentioned, but he's hustling and finding a way to impact the game. Uh, so he gets my vote. And so that means we're going to the chat mob uh, to get your votes. So throw your votes in there. We will try to tally them up here. Uh, Miller Cop, Malik Renew, uh, or Race Thompson. And so uh, I will tally those out. While we kind of look ahead here, and this is our, our segment for the lingering question, I think we've spent a lot of time during the show talking about the biggest lingering question, which is, 
you know, is this team physically and mentally ready for for the stretch run? You know, what, how much do they have left in the tank? We're not going to know until we see it. So we've addressed that one. But I'm curious, Galen, I'll start with you. You know, what to you is kind of the biggest lingering question now with this team, you know, moving forward outside of just, you know, how ready are they for these four games? I think it entirely comes down to can they continue to get players other than Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hojafino to statistically contribute? And, I mean, everybody's got to play hard defensively. That's obviously key. That is still, I think, the core identity of this IU team. But realistically speaking, what Indiana has to have is buckets. They've got to find a way to, to get the ball through the hoop because ultimately so much has been limited by when Trace Jackson Davis is being defended heavily, when they're dropping doubles or triples down on him and he can't get the ball up and Jalen Hutchifino shot us off like it was in the first half. Nobody else has been able to consistently step up, at least not away from assembly hall. And so that to me is the big thing. I think, you know, the, we might not be able to take a whole lot out of the games at Michigan state and at Purdue from that perspective, because those are going to be tough road environments. But when this team gets into neutral court play, you know, basically all of March that they're in, can they get consistency out of Trey Galloway or Miller Cop or Tamar Bates or Malik Renew or Jordan Geronimo if he's ever back and fully up and at him? Um, because ultimately that's going to be what sets the cap on this IU team. You know, can they get three or four or even five people contributing in a game rather than just two? So that's what I'm hoping to see. And yeah, it's it's like it's tough. I don't I don't know because we haven't seen them play in enough neutral court environments with this new attitude that they've got to really be able to get a sense of what they'll do in March. It looks like we also have breaking news about the future plans of Trace Jackson Davis uh, here. Who, I haven't had a chance to listen to this, but apparently he told Jeff Goodman that he will go through senior night next week and will not be returning to use his COVID year, which I always assumed, but there's been lots of chatter that maybe he would. Uh, but it sounds like Trace will be ready to move on. And really, who can blame him after what he's doing this season? You know? <laughs> so yeah, he's, I mean, as uh, I was talking to somebody last night, it's like Trace has played himself into a two-way contract in the NBA. And that's really all you no can question. ask for for a guy that doesn't have, you know, a, a bona fide outside shot, uh, you know, but he can have a long career starting with that if he plays hard and if he keeps his body in shape and if he's coachable. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else he could do at the college level, that he hasn't already done in terms of individual accolades. Obviously there's some team stuff left on, but if that's indeed the case, and I, I mean, you know, there, you can, you can watch the interview with Jeff Goodman. It's uh, it's in the hallway at assembly hall. Uh, then better, as, as I said, better enjoy these trace Jackson Davis performances. Cause we're probably not going to see anything like this for a long time. Yeah. I mean, he's leaving everything out on the court. No question about it. Uh, and by the way, you know, I will say I've spent a lot of time over the last week or two listening to more NBA draft podcasts. The Ringer has a good one. Uh, Sam Bassini, friend of the show. I'm going to try and get him on the show. He has a good one. I think it would be really useful for all IU fans to listen to, you know, what some of the NBA draft scouts say about Jalen Hutcherfino and Trace Jackson Davis. Some of the skills they bring to the table, some of the misconceptions I think that fans have about things that might limit their draft potential that absolutely are not going to limit their draft potential. Uh, it's really it's interesting looking at it from that view, which is much different than how we talk about players and how they'll impact college. Um, but it really, I think, gives you a more well-rounded 360 degree view of what the guy brings to the table, especially Jalen, um, who I think, like I said, some fans are having trouble processing <laughs> how to how to handle everything that Jalen brings to the table because we just haven't had a guy like him very often. 
Um, Coach, any lingering questions uh, on your mind as you leave Assembly Hall today? I'm just going to piggyback on what Galen said because I I think it's it's good. Where's the extra offense going to come in crunch time? We know we can get it from Trace Jackson Davis. You know you can get it from Jalen Hood Shafino, but so do the other coaches. And they're doing a better job of trying to scheme it. And right now those guys are just out-talenting the scouting report. So transition. I I think when Indiana gets in transition, it helped them get back in a Northwestern game. It helped them a little bit tonight. And it starts with good, solid defense, forcing bad shots and turning the ball over. Then you can go and see Miller Cop get a kick out or a pass ahead and shoot a three. You're going to see your other guys get opportunities more in transition because coaches half court is going to be heavy ball screen and heavy uh, low post feed. And I don't know there's a lot of opportunities there. So that's my lingering question. Can the defense lead to transition baskets and get extra points from three through seven? Galen, as we look ahead, uh, Indiana's next game, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday, right, against Michigan State? Uh, playing at Michigan State. Give me your thoughts on this game. I mean, you know, Indiana handled Michigan State fairly easily at home. The environment is going to be, I mean, you know, emotional in everything that they've gone through. Um, It's it's a really hard game for me to kind of try to figure out what to expect from Michigan State. I mean, I think they're going to be fired up. Now, they're playing today. They're at Ann Arbor uh, playing the Wolverines. So I would... I, I think a lot of that is going to come out of them today. And and to some degree, it, it's probably the best sequence. Like you'd hate to be the team that played Michigan state first after what occurred this past week. I, you know, I I'll be honest. I don't have a lot of hope for Indiana in this game because their offense just hasn't traveled particularly well. And you, you look at the, you know, the loss at Northwestern, they only, or they scored 62 points in that game. That, that was not sufficient. Um, I think ultimately when you look at what Michigan state has done when they played at their best so far this season is they've really made it hard on the opposition to score from anywhere. I mean, they're one of the best effective field goal shooting defensive teams in the country. And I feel like Michigan state will get just enough offensively that they'll be able to overcome. Uh, now I I think of the two, this is the more winnable road game. And and certainly I think if Indiana is able to play with the kind of offensive verve that they had when they played Michigan state at assembly hall, they can absolutely win the game. We've just not really seen them do that on the road with the one exception of the game at Illinois down the stretch. It's hard for me to envision them being able to pull that off in this one, but I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I have a, a thought on that Michigan state game, but coach, let's get your final thoughts. So you can get out of here. Yeah. I, I apologize. The background noise is so loud. I, I want the show to end on a, on a good note, but inside great win coach. We appreciate you being here. Great, thanks. Great win by the Hoosiers. It's going to be a fun drive back uh, to the Lafayette area. Uh, and looking forward to stealing one of these next two games. If you do that, you're really in, in good position for that four seed and maintaining that four seed. But what a gutsy performance tonight by the young men and the coaching staff for gutting out a game which they probably didn't deserve to win by how they played. And that's what you want from an Indiana basketball. So thanks, guys, for putting up with me. Go Hoosiers. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for being here, Coach. Appreciate it. Uh, so my thought on the Michigan State game, I'm going to give you guys my, uh, my role player pick to click right now, and it's Tamar Bates, and I'll tell you why. I thought what we saw from him today was a step in the right direction offensively. That encourages me. And he has had success against Michigan State. His best game this year came against Michigan State, whatever he scored, 17, 18 points. And if you recall, one of the only games in Big Ten play where he showed life you know, as a scorer last year was at Michigan State. 
And so I think it can be important when you've had success in a road arena and you've had success against a particular team, especially for a guy who I think has struggled a little bit with understanding his identity on this team and, you know, being able to uh, fulfill what that identity is supposed to be, which is to score points. Uh, I like where he'll be mentally uh, coming into that game. Um, and so and I think honestly, I think he will need to. I think that's the kind of guy that you've got to get a scoring punch from if you're going to go on the road and beat, uh, you know, a Michigan State team that is flawed. This isn't a vintage Michigan State team, but they've got good senior guards. In a lot of ways, they're kind of like Northwestern, um, you know, just with a better outside shooter and Hauser. You know, they can play tough inside defense. They've got those experienced guards. We know the arena is going to be crazy. You know, Izzo will have them ready to play. So you're going to need tomorrow to give you 12, 13 points, you know, or someone um, and I just I think there's a few factors that add up that give me some confidence uh, in what Tamar can do in that game. So I'm calling my shot right now. I was right about Miller Cop today. I'm calling it for Tamar uh, on Tuesday, uh, speaking it into existence, as we say, uh, Galen. Um, you are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Galen is wearing the beautiful new uh, Indiana crew neck. I wore it last night. That is the most comfortable article of clothing. And here's the thing. If you have the old crewnecks, the old crewnecks were great. This one is softer on the inside. And I'm, I like to roll. I hate having long sleeves. If you ever see me, I always roll my sleeves up. And this crewneck, when you roll it up, it's got like this, uh, this real crimson, this like dark crimson maroon color inside. And it provides a nice contrast to the red. And it looks really good. So... I give my 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 wholehearted endorsement of the new crew neck. It's great. This is, this is like a QVC <laughs> bit that we're doing here. You're, I'm demoing. You're talking through it. It's, del- it's delightful. It works great. Uh, so anyway, homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code HOME for 15% off your first order. Uh, by the way, hustle award to you for stepping up, coming on to join the show. I appreciate I, that, man. I've been in that position <laughs> enough times. I know what it feels like when you're like, you know, you've got the dog in a parachute kind of feeling where it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this next segment. So now I was happy <laughs> to hop on. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Um, all right. Let's get some final thoughts here. Uh, an exhale of a victory for Indiana that we desperately needed. Yeah. I, it's It's so important for people to keep in mind that winning games is – preferable to losing games and everything else is secondary and i've still got people on my timeline on twitter complaining about the slow start and like why can't they play that way the whole 40 minutes and it's like look basketball is a continuum and what matters is what happens at the end of the continuum and ultimately indiana at this point 10 and 6 first time they're going to have a 500 or better record in the conference since 2018 first time they're going to have double digit wins in the conference since, since 2016 and as we saw from the committee today, they're the top four seed in the draw as it would currently sit. A lot more basketball to play, but they keep doing the things that they need to do. And I almost feel like Indiana is being undervalued by Indiana fans more than anybody else. Everybody is still so PTSD'd out from what's gone on over the course of the last six or seven years. Uh, embrace what the team is doing the games aren't always going to be pretty. It's not a team designed to go out and win by 15 or 20 points every night, but this team is bringing a certain level of emotional and mental toughness to these games that is ultimately winning in the end. And I'll take winning ugly. If the winning happens at the end, because ultimately the big 10, it's going to be a grind all the way through. These are good teams that Indiana's playing and they're beating them more often than not. And they have been for over a month now. So that's where we're at. We're, I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this upcoming week. 
Man, it's such a great point. It really does feel like we are having trouble processing success because we just, we haven't had it. Um, you know, and there are some ups and downs, but as coach said, you know, this team is able to find it within the game. That's important, you know, and that is a sign of a mature team. Uh, you know, it's a sign of a team that has enough skill and talent and collective will to be able to do that. Cause we have spent a lot of time talking about basketball teams that did not have that. And if things, you know, didn't go right throughout the game, there was just going to be no chance for you to be there at the end. Um, you know, and I, I found myself in the second half, it was, I think, uh, Illinois was up seven at one point, you know, and I typed out a tweet. I'm officially worried now. And I didn't end up sending it because I was like, am I yet, though? Like, I kind of feel like this team is going to come back. Um, and I think that's kind of that's kind of where we're at as a fan base a little bit is it's like, let's I think these guys have earned our trust is the bottom line. Um, we know they have the support and, and Indiana fans will always be that are support. I think it's time to start trusting even a little bit more than we are don't render the verdict until the trial is finished. And, yeah. and that's the problem I think we is, and I see this and I, I look, I fall victim to it too. I'm not saying I'm like holier than now people see the game starting the wrong direction. They see opponents go up by six, eight, 10 points, Indiana missing shots, you know, not playing as hard as they should on defense. And it's like, well, the sky is falling and the bottom's going to drop out. And yet we've seen even in the Northwestern game where they lost that, that, that was a game that they could have won. It was a 50-50 game on the last possession. And, you know, even with Indiana missing so many opportunities to take a lead or extend a lead in the second half with missed free throws or missed shots or turnovers, you I had the same feeling that you had, Jared, which is that I think this team is going to figure out a way to win in the end. I didn't feel that last year. I certainly didn't feel that the previous year. And it is kind of refreshing, but it is a different feeling. It's when you have to get your head wrapped around again. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, just congratulations to the guys. This was, you know, a win that, uh, that was hard to get, but they earned it. Uh, again, a tip of the cap to Illinois, you know, who I thought really came out with their, you know, their leading score out uh, and put forth a great effort. That's a good team. Um, and, you know, Jim in our chat made an interesting point, which is that, you know, the national media seems a lot higher on Indiana than the fan base at times. Uh, and I think it is useful, you know, to go. I don't often recommend some of the national uh, podcasts, but I think it is useful to listen to some of those, you know, because when when people are talking about, OK, who do you like as a dark horse tournament pick and who do you think, you know, can make a run? Indiana's a team that gets mentioned a lot. And for all this team's flaws, they've got two just terrific talents to build around and if we can just get some more consistent scoring from the other guys, some really good things could happen. And look, something really good happened today. Indiana got another Big Ten win, got to 10. Now let's see how they, how they do on this two-game road trip uh, at Michigan State, at Purdue. We will be here uh, with a postgame show after each of those games. Uh, I think we'd all take a split if we can get a split. Um, but let's see, let's see what these guys can do. Uh, they certainly can go out and win both of these games. And now I'm very interested uh, and excited to watch and see if they actually do. All right, that is going to do it uh, for this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you Tuesday after IU Michigan State. Until then. Take it from me, Juwan Morgan. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come. This is Don Sony. 
<sighs> All right, Galen. Woo. Woo, He's indeed. I scared the dogs. <laughs> I yelled a bunch during the game. So, yeah, it was, that was delightful. See, I, I couldn't. My son was napping. I put him down for a nap at halftime. So whenever ah. whenever he's sleeping, I can't even clap. I I do this yeah. where I like I punch my fist because I've got to get the the emotion and the frustration out somehow. I, and I can't start yelling. Oh, my uh, my daughter is now uh, my oldest one walked in about you know five minute mark in the second half. She's like, you know, everybody can hear you. And I'm like, yes, I'm actually quite aware of that. So, you know, I, it always reminds me, my dad was a, uh, he was a screamer during games, like his one emotional release. And my mom, when I was a kid, we'd have to like go to the back bedroom because Indiana would be playing bad. He'd be like slamming doors in the front of the house. It was delightful yeah. stuff. So um, I'm, I'm much calmer than that, but it's still uh, the vibe is not always ideal. That's funny, man. I see. I've always been like real intense, right? Like I used to, you know, stand and clapping and yelling at the TV as we've started doing the show and I've started like preparing and taking notes. I've, I'm a little bit more reserved during games. And so last year uh, for the Purdue game, you know, obviously we hadn't beaten Purdue in forever. And, you know, there was just, there was so much for that game and Rob Finnessy just starts going off and I kind of slipped into my old self and was like just yelling and jumping around. And when he made the shot, I'm like throwing stuff. My wife was like, Oh my God, I haven't seen you like this in a while. I was like, well, you know, sometimes it just comes right out of you. So yeah. that's, uh, that's well, what basketball does to us. I got to get out of here. Cause we're going to record Crimson cast early. Might as well. Yes. Um, Good. So- We'll, uh, we'll do that, and thanks for having me on. Good to see you all in the chat, as always. And, Jared, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you up next time, all right? Appreciate it. Take care, Galen. All righty. Man, my thanks to Galen. My thanks to Coach for hopping on. My thanks to Tony uh, for stepping up. Uh, and hopefully, Ryan, hopefully you feel better, man. We need you there. Tuesday night for the Michigan State Show. Uh, make sure that you go check out Crimson Cast. I don't know about you guys. Uh, part of it for me is obviously I host this show, so I don't go back and listen to our show, but then I love having something else to listen to breaking down the game. So I'm always refreshing my podcast feed, looking for when the new Crimson cast comes out. Uh, so hopefully they'll get that out uh, later today or certainly by tomorrow. And so that will be a good, li- uh, a good listen. Always good to get uh, different perspectives on the game, but uh, yeah, awesome to be here with you all. Thanks for having such a lively chat. Appreciate that. And the last thing I'll say is remember to go to assemblycall.com slash community. We've got that free trial up uh, for a few more days. I'm going to take it down next week. Um, but our goal with that is to give you, you know, all the way through the tournament to try it out. And again, I think once you get in there and check it out and see the level of conversation and discourse, um, you'll really like it and hopefully stick around with us after that. So thanks for being here, everybody. And we will talk to you Tuesday. Take care.